0: Good morning, good morning. I can tell by the clock on the wall that it is time for us to proceed into our Sunday school class, Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church, Norcross, Georgia, where our pastor is the Honorable William L. Shields. We are so glad, glad, delighted, elated, and blessed that you have decided to join us this morning as we study the word of God. This is Sunday school. So our attempt is to learn something that we can share, to know something that'll help us through the week. We thank God for each and every one of you. We thank God for this virtual platform and we thank God for the word of God, which is, oh God, it's nourishment for our soul. We thank you so much for being on this morning. We missed you last week. Uh, Our Sunday school class was postponed while um, sunrise service went on to celebrate Resurrection Sunday and Easter but that's okay. We're back now. We're ready to go. And we are going to hear what God has to say to us from the book of Ezra, uh, a book you probably don't study that much, but there's some good nuggets hidden in Ezra. Let's go mining for them this morning. See what God has to say to the church. Would you pray with me as we invite the Holy Spirit to direct and guide us as we study the word? Father God in the name of Jesus we thank you this morning for your grace, your mercy, your peace. We thank you for your anointing that destroys every yoke. We thank you for your anointing that destroys every yoke. We thank you for your anointing that destroys every yoke, the yoke of bondage, the yoke of sin, the yoke of bereavement, the yoke of depression, the yoke of anxiety, you destroy every yoke through the anointing. Thank you father for doing that for your children. Now, God, we love you today. We bless your name. We thank you that you've been so good to us. You've been better to us than we've even been to ourselves. Father, we thank you this morning that as we come boldly to the throne, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to seek help and grace in the time of trouble. Oh, my God, we thank you for for preserving our lives. We thank you for blessing our families. We thank you for blessing our connected families, God, cousins and aunties and uncles and friends and coworkers and Most of all, God, you've protected us as we we pray to you. We thank you, Father God, for a church like Hopewell, where we can study the word. We thank you, Father God, for a man like Bishop Shields, who who labors over the word to teach us and and, and to preach to us. And we thank you, God, for this virtual platform that we have both here and at 10 o'clock in our regular service. Now, God, we know that there are people on this line who may be looking good this morning, who may be be sounding good this morning, but God, they're dealing with some things, some things they can't tell anybody but you. God, hear them and bless them. Hear them and anoint them. Hear them and meet them at their need. Hear them and assure them again and again and again, as you always do, that you hear and understand their prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything. To God in prayer. Thank you, Father, for grace, mercy, and peace. Bless us now as we study your word out of the book of Ezra. We know you have something you want to say to us. Speak now, your servants listen. In Jesus' name, would you all virtually say amen. Good to be back with you, as we said before, after last week, uh, but, but that's okay. We're going to proceed this morning and we're going to get into Ezra. Turn, if you will, to the book of Ezra. Those of you who may have gotten online a little late. We're gonna be on the book, we're in the book of Ezra, chapter 10. I'll give you just a second to get there. Ezra chapter 10. <clears throat> you have it? Great. Let me give you uh, some background uh, from Dr. Ezra about the book and, and what and the book's purpose. And so keep in mind or bear in mind that. This book, as Nehemiah, uh, this book deals with what happens when a people have been relegated to a situation where they're in captivity. Uh, We would call it being enslaved. Now, they had been enslaved first by the Persians, which as you know, is the now present country of Iran. And they'd also been enslaved and taken over by the Babylonians, which you know, is present day Iraq. So Iraq, Iran, Euphrasia, in case you remember, Stephen Wonder sung about that. They had captured and taken away the children of Israel from their homeland. Why? How can God's chosen people get captured? How does God's, how, how do God's chosen people end up in slavery? Why is it that God's chosen people ended up being under the thumb of a foreign power? I'll tell you why. They turn from God, despite the fact, listen to this now, because you're not going to believe this from from a perspective of God's resume. When when God posts his resume on Indeed.com, he's the only one on there who's qualified for the job of God. God's resume starts off by saying, I'm faithful. His resume, second line says, I'm God. He's faithful and he's God. And because he's faithful and God, he made a covenant with Israel. God never, ever, ever failed by one jot or tittle, but the nation of Israel did. They began to worship idols, and an idol is anything that you put on the throne above God. If you have all these fallout fits because some celebrity, something happens to a celebrity, that's an idol. If you get so caught up in what's going on, Housewives of Atlanta, or Atlanta Hip Hop, or or, or any other show, where so much so that it vexes you that you can't function and you crying and blogging and and you can't live that's an idol be careful I'm not saying you're worshipping them, I'm not saying that, I'm not suggesting that I'm just telling you be careful. The nation of Israel was carried away because they refused to obey the God that delivered them from their first slavery, which was in Egypt. The Africans in Egypt enslaved the Israelis, and God delivered them miraculously by using a man known as Moses. Despite that deliverance from slavery, despite that deliverance from bondage, despite that deliverance from a a cruel taskmaster, the Israelis, when they got to the promised land, began to sin. Now, I'm not telling you everybody in the nation was sinning or practicing sin, but the leadership of the, of the nation of Israel, begin to practice sin, begin to, to, to go after other gods to serve them. By the way, just so you know this, if you're taking notes, there is no other God but God. Did you write that down? There is no other God but God. I don't care what Oprah says. There are no paths to God. Jesus is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, singular, truth, the light. The Israel, Israelis, the nation of Israel, began to go after other gods because they were greatly influenced by the people who lived around them. Their neighbors and friends and internet buddies and TV buddies and radio buddies and blogging buddies began to influence them and they began to be uh, sort of carried away <clears throat> and because they wanted to fit in with their neighbors. So, what happened? they're taken away. In this week's lesson, which is about 458 years before Christ, uh, in the seventh year of the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Iran, the temple in Jerusalem had already been rededicated in 516 during the reign of Darius, the king of Persia, by the first group of returnees. So two groups went back. One group went back to rebuild the temple. Remember now, they have been enslaved and the first thing that their enemies did was they destroyed their churches, destroyed their temple, tore them up. It was in ruins. First group of returnees went back and began to rebuild the temple, which which was a symbol not only of national worship, but a symbol of their nation because it was a building built and dedicated to God. The enemies destroyed it and they were trying to rebuild it. The first group came back in the reign of King Cyrus, King of Persia, They were led by Yeshua, J-E-S-H-A, and Zerubbabel. Now, some 58 years later, a second group of Jews, led by our subject matter today, Mr. Ezra, Priest Ezra, they came back as well. Ezra had to go to the king, Artaxerxes, to lead a group back to Jerusalem. The king gave him a decree, <clears throat> gave Ezra authority in his homeland of Israel. Ezra went to law school. He was determined to master God's law, to practice it as a way of life, and to teach it to all Israel so they can learn to please God. Remember, Ezra is not the king. He is the high priest. This Ezra then went to King Ataxerxes, got permission to go back with anybody who wanted to go with him to Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple and to worship God. They left, they, they all got on the Greyhound bus with a, with a, you know, had a little greasy sandwich um, with a Winnie in there and some some potted meat and, 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 and some Vienna sausage and some bread and some fried chicken and oh, y'all remember how y'all we used to travel, got on the bus and they took a trip uh, starting in the first month of, of, of Nisan and arrived in Jerusalem in the fifth month, or you know, around July, August. So in other words, they had to go about 900 miles. The king of Persia also gave Ezra the authority to ask about affairs in Judah and to take wealth with him to support worship in Jerusalem. God never gives vision without provision. You need to understand that. God never gives vision without provision. God's not going to tell you to do something, then leave you hanging out with no provision, no money, no place to go, looking crazy. God doesn't do that. If you pray and seek God and God gives you an assignment, please know in your knower that he's not going to leave you out there by yourself. He's not that kind of God. Ezra was authorized, even as a priest, to collect taxes and and to use those taxes for temple worship and was allowed to exempt the temple ministers from being taxed. Watch this now, y'all see this? The government, which had enslaved these people, gave Ezra the authority to collect taxes, not to send back to Persia, but for the purpose of holding up the temple. You get mad about tithe and offering, but it's always been a pattern with God that I want my temple supported, I want the priest supported. Why? Because the nation is dependent on me. The nation's relationship with God is more important than any other relationship. Therefore, that has to be supported. Amazingly, amazingly, the king of Persia also authorized Ezra to establish a government in Israel. Watch this, y'all. Based on the laws of God. Teaching those who were ignorant of the law and to punish those who refused to obey. Good God am I. Certainly you can see the hand of God was on brother Ezra. He's called a ready scribe in the law of Moses, meaning that he was a learned man, skilled in knowledge of the law, And was able to teach it to others, but he wasn't using it for his own aggrandizement. He wasn't learning the law so he could, like a Pharisee, so he could lord it over people, so he could, so he could tell you that he knows all the books of the Bible, Genesis through Revelation, then he can quote them backwards, Revelation through Genesis, and he can quote scripture from sun up to sundown and, and, and lording that over people. That's not what Bible study is about. That's not what Sunday school is about. That's not what Christian worship is about, that you lord over people the fact that you, you know, two scriptures. No, you know the scripture because it helps direct your life. The scripture becomes your referee. Don't do that, don't do this. Ezra was a learned man, but he was not trying to to push the people down by telling them, I know more than you do. Now watch this. When Ezra got back to Jerusalem, remember now he'd been in captivity with the other people. He proclaimed a fast for the Lord's protection. At some point, people came to brother Ezra told him, I got bad news for you, bro. The people who returned before you came back had not separated themselves from other people in the land and had gone so far as to intermarry with them. We'll get to that in a minute. This news that God's delivered people had turned their back on God and did the very thing God told them not to do broke Ezra's heart. God told these brain damaged people listen, whatsoever you do when you get over in the land, do not intermarry, intermingle with, take wives of, take husbands of, don't get involved in the people around this land I've given you because they're gonna draw you away to idols. That's a command. Do not do it. And Ezra gets told, he gets a text. As soon as he gets back, it pops up on his phone. These people have done the very thing God told them not to do. Ezra declared a fast. He was sad. <clears throat> and then Ezra prayed a prayer of confession for all the people. I suggest highly to you in your personal time of Bible study and reflection that you study Ezra's prayer in Ezra chapter 9, verses 5 through 15. We don't have time this morning. Please study it because it's a fantastic Intercession prayer is a precursor to what Jesus does for us. That is to say, goes into God on our behalf and intercedes, not to confess his own sin, but the sins of the people because he wants the people delivered. Our lesson begins with chapter 10, after Ezra has prayed his prayer of confession. Notice what Ezra doesn't do. Ezra is not trying to work any kind of deal with God and say, overlook it, God. Uh, Give them them first offender treatment. Uh, Just give them probation. No, Ezra knows better. They did this on purpose. Nobody had a gun to their head. They did this on purpose. Ezra says, I want you to know, God, that that we need to confess. We got to come to you as a nation. People of God, please understand that that, that God always works on two planes. There's always your physical restoration that God's concerned about, but your spiritual restoration and, and your spiritual commitment is more important. God wants you to be whole, spirit, soul, mind, body. You cannot separate the two. Do you understand? They separate, the three, the many. You can't separate them, why? Because God is, in, is, is involved in the holistic you. All of you, God wants to preserve for himself. Now, I want you to imagine, get in your mind, think in your thinker, get a picture in your head of this, this, this man, Ezra, who's been anointed and appointed by God to come back for one purpose, to rebuild the temple. He's sad and broken and he's upset because the people won't listen. He's hes so sad and upset that Ezra declares a fast and then Ezra goes before the people because he wants them to understand what's going on. And I want you to see this in your mind as we go through because Ezra's a great man and he's not trying to do anything, get anything for himself. Let's start with verse verse number one of chapter 10 of the book of Ezra, and let's just read the first, uh, I'm gonna read the first four verses for, for context. You ready? Ezra 10, chapter one, Ezra 10, David, verse one through four. Now, when Ezra had prayed and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, there assembled unto him out of Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children for the people wept very sore. And Shekinah, the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, answered and said unto Ezra, we have trespassed against our God and have taken strange wives of the people of the land. Yet now there is hope in Israel concerning this thing. Now, therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and such as are born of them according to the counsel of my Lord and of those that tremble at the commandment of our God and let it be done according to the law. Arise, for this matter belongeth unto thee, we also will be with thee, be of good courage and do it. Now I hope you can see what's happening here uh, and get this scene in your mind. <clears throat> Ezra had Ezra had done this great prayer and meditation, and we we see that 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 he's prayed because of his heavy heart. That the people begin to say, "Now wait a minute. We know Ezra's a, a righteous man. Let's go to Ezra and let's talk to him about a, a way out." I want you to keep something in mind today throughout this message, and that is this message of hope. This great message of hope. The best president that ever served this country wrote a book called The Audacity of Hope. Keep that in your mind. The audacity of hope. The idea that no matter what, you keep hope alive. Yeah, the audacity of hope. Watch this now. Watch this. Ezra would throw himself down before the house of God. In other words, Ezra would go up on the steps and then fall off. He'd go back up on the steps, fall off again. And he was crying the whole time. It was a sign of great grief. Why? For our inequities, they said, are increased over our head, and our trespass is, is grown up unto the heavens. That's Ezra 9, 2. Ezra had fallen on his knees praying before the house of God, outside the church, outside the temple. The temple that Solomon built had been destroyed, as you know, in 586 B.C. by the Babylonians. Those are the Iraqis. <clears throat> but it had been rebuilt by the first group of returning exiles. After Ezra finished praying in front of the temple, everybody showed up at church. A great congregation of men and women, and by the way, children. Oh my God, can I put a a, a, a parenthesis right there for a minute? Teach your children the word. Teach your children to want to go to church. Teach your children Bible fundamentals. Teach your children to know God. It's better than trigonometry, better than geometry. It's better than them knowing the, all the alphabet. It's better than them knowing what 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 the, what the, what the cow says on the sea and say. It's better than any game they can play on, on, on any kind of game board device they have, any other kind of device. Teach them the principles of God. It will sustain them when nothing else will. Let me hurry him. <clears throat> it appears that when word got out that Ezra was praying for the nation, everybody showed up. Women, men and children. Now watch this because you'll miss this if you're not careful. People showed up even though they were in sin. God doesn't want you to stay away from church because you've been involved in some sin. God doesn't want you to hide your head in the sand, pull the covers up over your head on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, Tuesday the Bible Institute. No, he wants you to come back because it's a hospital. God is wooing you all the time to come back Not so that you can, you come back already delivered, but you come back to get delivered. Don't ever preach to people that they have no business being at church, have no business talking to God until they're cleaned up. No, no, no. You got to catch the fish before you can clean the fish. You come on back to church, no matter what you've been doing, no matter what you've been going through, no matter what you've been dealing with. I understand. I know. God knows. But you need to get yourself back to the assembly, back to Bible study, back to church, back to the word of God, because that's how you're going to be delivered. Do not forsake being at the church. They showed up, although they knew they were in sin. They didn't say they weren't. <clears throat> they showed up. Ezra wasn't encouraging them to mourn. He was mourning. He demonstrated his own conviction and contrition for Israel's sins. A true leader leads by example. Following Ezra's lead, this very great congregation <clears throat> shows up to see what Ezra wants them to do. This means that this large congregation relied heavily on Ezra, the pastor. Oh, if you have a pastor of character, you can rely on him. I'm not saying perfect, didn't say that, but you know their character, and if you know they care about God, if you know they care about the people, you can rely on them, and you can follow their lead. Now watch this. Ezra has confessed. Ezra just got back. He's confessed. Now watch as you see. The people are not going to confess. Confession is good for the soul, just so you know. Oh yeah, it doesn't hurt you to confess. Because God knows anyway, but confession is very good. Now watch this. The second verse says, And Shekinah, the son of Jahil, one of the sons of Edom, said, Ezra, let me tell you something. We, this royal we, have trespassed against our God. That's the first thing we did. Trespassed.'" means a purposeful sin. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't this wasn't Flip Wilson saying the devil made me do it. No, 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 no. They all made a decision to go in the corner in the booth in the back in the dark. And Ezra says, I mean, excuse me, Shekinah says, we trespass against God. I'm telling you, what we did. We did the very thing that he told us not to do. We took strange wives of the people now the the women weren't strange I <laughs> want you to think they was weird no what this means is that that word strange means foreign and not that God is against people marrying people from other ethnicities or races that's not what he's talking about he was forbidding them to get inter interconnected with and intermarried with people who didn't worship him because he knew their character that the wise would lead them astray to other gods. It's not about the wives per se. God is not making any kind of racial or ethnic distinction here. What he's saying is, when you follow after something that's gonna lead you away from me, that's foreboding. Now watch this. Shekinah tells tells, uh, Israel what's going on. Of the three men named here, Jehiel, the father of Obadiah, who's among those who returned from Babylon from the first captivity, Shekinah is the only one who speaks up <clears throat> and stands out in the text, kind of reminds me of the apostle Peter. He was a part of the great congregation who came when Ezra was praying. After Ezra pr- finished praying, watch this now, Shekinah says, Ezra, <clears throat> I know the principle that you do that association brings all assimilation. Association brings on assimilation. Your grandmom used to say, birds of a feather flock together. Your great-grandmom used to say, if you lay down with dogs, you'll get up with fleas. Yeah. The point is, anything that's going to turn your head away from God, anything that's going to turn your mind away from God, avoid. They didn't do that. And Brother Shekinah confessed it. Now, as always this dichotomous process going on here between returnees, those who came back to the land of Israel and Jerusalem and the nations around the land. Always this dichotomy because, yeah, God wants people to be married. These people were, were, were men of, uh, men and women of natural affection. And so, of course, they uh, had limited people to pick from because most of the other people were in slavery, in captivity. So as a natural urge and consequence, They picked wives from those who were available. The problem is, it wasn't that there's anything wrong with wanting to be married or wanting to be with a woman or man. The the problem was that they were the wrong ones because God told you not to do it. He says, "Uh, we trespassed. We crossed the line. We saw the sign that said no trespassing. We tore it down and went anyway. The people were guilty. There's no other way around it. The people were guilty of breaking God's law and they because they did exactly what God told them not to do. God knew one thing, that the men were not strong enough in their character and constitution to maintain the integrity of their worship in the face of their wives telling them every day, but I wouldn't do that. Let's do something else. Let's do some other things. Let's, let's worship Baal. Let's worship others. They weren't strong enough, and God knew it, and God tried to save them from themselves, but they wouldn't do it. But I like this last phrase. I love this last phrase in in, 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 in verse 2. Now there is hope. Repeat that, please. Now there is hope. What do you mean, uh, Shekinah? God would forgive them and have mercy. Hope springs eternal in the human breast. Alexander Pope wrote that many years ago. Hope is a thing you have to hold on to no matter what. Hope will get you out of some dark places, some dark times, some dark situations. You got to hold on to hope. Don't let anybody steal your hope. Your money, sure. Your your possessions, maybe. But don't let them steal your hope because that hope, oh my God, oh my God, that hope will get you through some dark days, dark times. Now, faith is a thing what? Hope for. Yeah, it's the evidence of things we cannot see. Now, then she kind of says, first of all, I'm going to confess. Number two, I got a remedy. We need to make a covenant with God to put away all the wives and all the children born of the wives. Now, now that the guilt had been acknowledged, the next step was repentance. Anybody can say, I'm sorry, but will you repent? Repentance means a change of mind. So Shekinah continued to say to Ezra, I want to go to God and make another contract with him. And I want to tell God, we are willing. Shekinah is speaking now for everybody. We're willing to divorce all these women, to get rid of them, to get shed of them, to send them back to their home country. We've had children by them. And those children are not going to go away. And, 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 and you know that, he said, but it's important, it's important enough to us to, for God to be our God, that we are willing to make a covenant with God and put away the wives. Woo, my God. The covenant or the agreement that the people would be swearing, listen to this good now. It is consistent with Deuteronomy 7, 3, because God says, because y'all were stiff-necked and hard-hearted, God allows you to divorce. He said, but it's consistent with that, but he says, but the reason for it is different. Uh, back in the old old days, you could just divorce because you felt like changing up. But but here, this is a religious decision, not a physical decision, not a uh, so so much a mental ascent, but it was a religious spiritual decision. Nothing is more should be more precious to you than your relationship with God, and anything that's standing between you and God, God is saying through these people here, you got to let that go. In this particular context, remember now, don't don't use this universally. You're going to get cut. But in this context, God is saying, you can do this. I'm going to permit it. Why would God permit this? Because the marriage was illegal in the first place. You never should have married her or him. Why? Because I told you not to, but you did it anyway. And now don't look at me and say, is this fair? that we got to put them away. It is because you were in sin when you did it, before you did it. When you sent the invitations out, it was sin. When you had that, had the bachelor party, it was sin. When you had the, 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 the pre-wedding meal, it was sin. All of that, when you ordered the, the purple dresses and the, and the blue shirts, all of that stuff looking crazy. It was sin, so I can't allow an illegal act to go unpunished and so don't act like I'm being unfair when I tell you you got to untangle it. It was illegal in the first place. Watch this. Shekinah said, he said, we, 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 we put them away and the children, in other words, we going not have to cut off the children from inheriting something we don't want to do, but we have to, to do what God wants us to do. He also said, the counsel of my Lord and those that tremble at the commandment of our God. In other words the people had agreed to follow the counsel or advice of Ezra. Now, they dropped some heavy stuff on Ezra. They says, we want to go back. <clears throat> we're trying to get back into God's good graces. And we'll do this, Ezra, and put away all these women and children if you tell us to. Whatever you tell us to do, Ezra, we're going to follow your lead. They, put all, they dumped all this pressure on Ezra. And Ezra was willing to handle it because Ezra was in touch with God. And then at the last, they said, everybody get up. Uh, Ezra, stop mourning, Ezra, verse four. Arise, take courage, Ezra, be strong. Just like God said to Joshua, be strong, very courageous. Because this matter belongs to thee. Whatever you tell us to do, Ezra, we're going to follow your lead. Now let's read verses five through eight. Then arose Ezra and made the chief priests, the Levites, and all Israel to swear that they should do according to this word, and they swear, my God. Then Ezra rose up from before the house of God and went into the chamber of Johanan, the son of Elishap. And when he came thither, he did not eat no bread. He did eat no bread nor drink water, for he mourned because of the transgression of them that had been carried away. And they made proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem unto all the children of the captivity that they should gather themselves together unto Jerusalem. And that whosoever would not come within three days, according to the counsel of the princes and the elders, all his substance should be forfeited and himself separated from the congregation of those that had been carried away. Now watch this process because confession without, without follow up is just talking. Ezra says, okay, I'm going to put this advice into action. It's interesting. Did you see we read through that? that the chief priest and the Levites are called out ahead of the people. Evidently, Ezra did this to assure that the religious leaders watched this who were also guilty of not separating themselves from the pagan people were with him in this effort. It's not right if it's wrong, even if the preacher does it. It's not right if it's wrong, even if the preacher does it. You understand what I'm saying? Ezra said, first of all, <clears throat> let me start with you boys. Priests, Levites, religious leaders, y'all got to straighten up first. Y'all got to commit first because people are watching you. People know you've been given a certain mantle by God and y'all got to lead. Uh, and then he said, I-, I want everybody to swear that they're going to do. Here we go with the swear word, holding your hand up like you do, do at court and, 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 and agreeing, get a notary seal. I want a covenant. We're going to do this. <clears throat> Bible says, and this is the part that's always interesting. Interesting. And they swear. Everybody said yes. Everybody didn't mean yes. Everybody said yes. We swear. We swear. We swear. And y'all know these people well enough to know. And you know yourself well enough to know. And you know your kin people well enough to know that although we say we're going to do better, although we say we're going to act right, we all know what happens. That's the grace of God that despite the fact that we sin, God still loves us. And the Bible says, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, and you are going to thank God for Jesus. Now watch this. Ezra had already been fasting when he came back and praying, and Ezra, to seal this deal, made it another fast. He wouldn't eat. Now, this is a total fast. I don't recommend this to anybody. <clears throat> I don't know how long Ezra did this, but this, don't, don't try this. I know people say, I can do it for, for five days. Okay, that, that's not smart. Ezra didn't eat and didn't drink for a while. Nothing. You got to really be prayed up, really be close to God, really have your mind right yourself together to go on a total fast. And by the way, now this is not meant for you to prove anything to God. This is for your own cleansing. All right? Now, because if you are going to go back to what you were doing before you went on a the fast, then you're just dieting, okay? Ezra says, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to go, go see my, my, my boy, uh, uh, Johanna, <clears throat> and I'm going to stay there, separate myself, and do this because I hear you all saying you're going to turn the other way. I hear you all saying you're going to act better. I hear you all saying that there's hope, Ezra said, but just to seal it, let me cleanse myself one more time So that I can get, so that God knows you got an intercessor. Thank God we've got intercessors. There are people, can I tell you this? Don't tell anybody I told you this. There are people praying for you, you don't even know. There are people pulling for your health, your wealth, your prosperity, your peace that you don't even know. There are people all over this world who don't know you by name, they just know that you're a Christian, and they pray for you daily, sometimes three and four and five times a day, and you don't even know it. And that's why you have great hope. Don't let anybody make you think that you're out here by yourself. I am telling you personally that people are praying for you all the time, and you ought to be praying for people all the time. Now watch this kind of national proclamation that comes out of this. In verse seven, they had a big convocation. Everybody came, wearing the big hats and, 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 and selling stuff out in the parking lot. Everybody came. And they made proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem. This is verse seven. All the children of captivity, they should gather themselves together. We're going to Jerusalem now <clears throat> because we've got to separate ourselves. We've got to start at the church. We've got to start at the church and clean ourselves up and then go back to our lives clean and do our best do our dead level best, do our very, very best to live as best we can because we are committed to God. Now it gets deep. They said, we're so committed to this as a nation <clears throat> because the nation's spiritual health is important as a nation's financial health. We're so committed to this as a nation that anybody who doesn't come <clears throat> to the temple in three days after they've had a meeting with the with the elders of the of, of the tribe, all your money gets forfeited, and you get separated from the congregation and, and exile. Oh my God. This is serious, y'all. They said, you got three days to get yourself together, get to Jerusalem, and come up here because we're gonna have a national revival, a national convention, a national convocation where we're gonna confess our sins, we're gonna to agree to God with God to do what He's told us to do. And if you don't get here in three days, your all your stuff is gonna be forfeited. Oh, yeah, your Cadillac, your, your, your Cadillac with the diamond in the back, sunroof rooftop, digging the scene with a gangster lean, all that we're taking from you because this is serious enough that we want you to understand that we're serious because we know God is serious and we want God's favor. Everything would be forfeited, they'd be excommunicated, exiled, separated from the congregation. That's deep, y'all. This is serious stuff. These people aren't playing a game here. They want God's best because, because listen, did you notice something? Did you notice that there was no, there was no uh, record that being in the land and living in, in sin was hurting them, quote, quote. Yeah, it wasn't like they were having a lot of bunch of problems because they'd taken other wives from the people around. No, 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 no. They were living in what you would call relative peace. But the problem is, they were outside of the will of God, and that's worse than warfare, because you never know when God's judgment is going to show up. You got to get back under the tent. Now, let's read verses nine through twelve, and we'll be finished. They 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 wanted to 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 to, to do what's right. Uh, that they, they would that there was a process here set out. Let me say this before we go to verse nine. A process where they would go to the nation's leaders, and they would basically make their case. So here's what I read through that and from my study, that there were some situations where they didn't have to put away their families because not everybody that they would intermarried with were idol worshipers. So you went to make your case <clears throat> to the chiefs to say, listen, I know she's from Mississippi, but I'm telling you, she ain't involved in idol worship. I, 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 this is my husband, and I know he's from from, from, from from New Orleans, but he's not involved in Blue Magic, and power and Goober Dust, and and, and, and and Voodoo and Hoodoo. He's not. And they would, they would deal with that and say, okay, you can keep him, you can keep her, you're exempt. But there was a process. I want to tell you something, people of God, God always gives you a process. He always gives you a way to come to him, tell him what's going on, and then you all can make a decision about going forward. God is not so strict and structured and, 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 and draconian that he just cuts you off without a chance for you to tell him what's going on and get it right. And that's what they did. Verses nine through 12, and then we're done. Watch this now, because you're going to see through this, the cleansing of the people. Then all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered themselves together unto Jerusalem within three days. It was the ninth month on the 20th day of the month And all the people sat in the street of the house of God, trembling because of this matter and for the great rain. And Ezra the priest stood up and said unto them, Ye have transgressed and have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. Now therefore make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure and separate yourselves from the people of the land and from the strange wives. Then all the congregation answered and said with a loud voice, As thou has said, so must we do. Watch this confession they make, y'all. As thou has said, so must we do. May I tell you, I don't want to spoil the end of the movie for you. They don't do it, but they said they were. Now, by the way, this was not unanimous. If you keep reading in Ezra, you'll find out that there were about four men, uh, Jonathan, uh, Jehaziel, Tavika, uh, and Miss Ulam. They they didn't go along with it, and then there were some other issues. But anyway... Not everybody, I want you to know this, not everybody is going to agree when you decide to live your life a certain way. Not everybody is going to be with you. You gotta be strong enough to stay strong. You gotta be strong enough to say stay strong. Now, uh, everybody shows up when they're supposed to. It was cold, because this is the wintertime, so they're trembling because of this matter, the Bible says, and because of the great rain. It was December. And in Jerusalem, it's colder than most of the countryside around it. And rainfall in the Jerusalem region is more concentrated than in the more temperate climates on the outskirts. So the people were there outside. They had an outside revival. It was cold. Can I tell you something? Every now and then, it ought not bother you to be inconvenienced to get what God has for you. It ought not bother you that everything has to be sweet and smooth and, 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 and you ride up in a limousine. Sometimes, sometimes you ought to be a little inconvenienced and you ought not mind if it allows you to get what God has for you. Now watch this. They made confession and we know the Bible says if we confess our sin, what y'all? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The other thing that Ezra teaches us is the biblical principle that we've learned over the years that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Everything Ezra prayed for to happen happened because he turned himself over to God as a leader of the people. Now, here's the great hope, and we're done. The great hope is when you go to God and you say to God you're going to do what he says, guess what God does? God takes you at, his word, at your word. And when he does that, Listen, you don't have to be in worry or fear, or you don't have to worry about what's going to happen next. When you go to God and confess, and you go to God and ask for his peace, and you go to God and ask for his guidance, and you go to God and ask for his anointing, guess what? God shows up, God shows out, and you and God enter a partnership that nobody can break because you're in covenant one with another. I hope you leave today with great hope, knowing that no matter what you've done, there's still a God, and there's still a Savior who loves you and wants the best for you. And I know he's going to meet you at the very point of your need. Be blessed all week long.